We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz presented by OTGBasketball.com. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me as always, Jack Manuel. How you doing, Jack? We finally got a win against an Atlantic Division team, my friend. And it was against the Sixers, a team that's been balling lately. So uh, happy days for Netsland. Yes, it is. We were on a four-game losing streak. Finally get that Atlantic Division win, which is nice. It would have been better if it was against the Knicks, but that's for another day. Before we get started, just a reminder, you can listen to the Brooklyn Buzz on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, and OTGBasketball.com. We'll mention the Knicks game. We got crushed. You know, the Knicks swept us 0 for 4. You know, it's a terrible matchup. We just don't play well. But we're going to keep positive thoughts. So we're going to talk all about that 116-108 win at Barclays Center last night. What are your thoughts about getting the win over the Sixers? Like you said, a good young team. Yeah, Joel Embiid had his way with us in the preseason. And going into the game, I really had no expectations. I'm like, okay, this is, this is going to extend the losing streak. We saw what happened against Porzingis and Cantor, guys. It just boiled us down low. Joel Embiid is one of the most talented, if not the most talented, center in the NBA today. But um, our boys, Jalil and Jarrett, held their own. Um, it was it was almost a coming-of-age game. And it seems like we say that almost every day, every game for, for Jarrett Allen. But he was absolutely outstanding. D'Angelo Russell had... Um, a signature game, sort of a, a comeback game of sorts. We all knew how good he was, um, but in such a short amount of time, I think it was 17 minutes or something, yep. for him to put up 22 points. He just looked like the the D'Angelo of old. And of course, Spencer did what he doing his thing. Our backcourt um, brought us home. It was just a nice team performance, good defense, um, good game all around, good offense, good defense. Yeah, honestly, it felt like everybody contributed, like you said, Dinwiddie, D'Lo, Jared Allen, um, Jalil Okafor getting some revenge. And this was without Karis LeVert and Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, two of our best players, two of our most energetic players, you know, emotional leaders of the team probably on the floor. So getting the win was nice, especially on that losing streak. But let's start with D'Lo, your boy. Like you said, 17 minutes, he dropped 22 points, three assists, five rebounds, one steal, one block, and the most impressive number, one turnover. What were your thoughts on D'Lo and he, his spark last night? He looked comfortable, Nick. Um, he looked really comfortable out there. In the games that 
um, preceding his return, sort of this massive sort of return game, so to speak. He looked out of sorts. I mean, he was still working his way back into the game, still feeling um, sort of the tempo of the game. But as you mentioned, that one turnover was sort of symptomatic where he was able to sort of find his way, find, you know, his passing game looked really nice. There was a few tweets that um, Nick uh, pointed out on his Twitter, at OTG Nick, where he just, these pick and roll passes, his mid-range game is absolutely money when he's on point. Um, and he even hit a three, or, a three or two, which is something that really elevates his game to another level. When he hits that, you know D'Angelo's on. And we saw against the Trailblazers, it's what won us the game. He was doing it last night against uh, the Sixers. And they've got no scrubs um, when it comes to their team. You know, JJ Redick was still there, Ben Simmons, TJ McConnell. All these guys are decent NBA players. And the fact that uh, D'Angelo was able to do it against school competition, uh, it's a good sign of things to come. And hopefully his minutes continue to increase. Yeah, it was nice to see, especially on the second night of a back-to-back, to, you know, have some spark. Like you said, he looked the most comfortable he's looked so far, and he had some solid defenders on him. Robert Covington was on him for a little bit, and he's a good defender. D'Lo was just doing his thing, like you said. When he has that three working, he's a really tough defend in that pick-and-roll situation because he does a great job positioning himself. You know, he has that little teardrop, that little mid-range shot. Great stuff, but like you said, the most impressive thing to me was some of the passes. There was one pass in particular where he was running the pick and roll. He zipped the ball past Joel Embiid's head like it was probably a couple inches from hitting him right in the dome. Got it to Stauskas on the other side of the court, wide open three, and that was a big play for the Nets. And like, even when D'Lo has been off and he's been rusty, you can feel his impact on the game. He definitely has some impact on the pace of the game and just kind of getting things rolling. It, he looks almost more comfortable running the offense now than he did earlier in the season in terms of just, you know, the flow of the game. Yeah, he's able to read it more, it seems, Nick. Um, yes. I think his, his time on the bench, certainly got to see him how Spencer sort of plays his game. That one-two guard combination is, is just absolutely lights out. Spencer, after the game, even gave a shout-out to Jeremy Lin, who's, uh, I think, attending a couple of games out in Brooklyn now. And the fact that, you know, the one-two guard combination, we have two really great guards. Spencer did already, um, despite the fact that Goran Dragic was an all-star replacement, got snubbed again, our boy. <laughs> he got snubbed again, and it is absolute travesty. Um, if Ben Simmons can't get in, it should have been bloody Spencer Dinwiddie. But, yeah, D'Angelo Russell seemed the time on the bench did him well. Um, he was, There were times where he was saying, you know, coach gave him assignments after the game where he would have to ask him a question in a post-game presser. You know, keeping him engaged, I think, was a, a really important thing. Um, and I think it's showing on the court right now. Every time he's out there, despite the fact that he's ha- he's had some rust, the rust is starting to come off and the engagement is there no matter what. You know, he told um, Coach Kenny after the Knicks game that, you know, he feels great, his body's feeling good. And, you know, this is about the time when, you know, we saw James Harden a couple of games uh, a couple of games ago absolutely dominate with that 60-point triple-double. Now, D'Angelo certainly didn't do that, but in 17 minutes of time to get 22 points in a highly efficient manner, I'll take that any day of the week. Yeah, and I think it was just a positive moving forward, and it's going to help D'Lo's confidence and then the coaching staff's confidence. I was surprised we didn't see him in the clutch. We'll talk about him a little bit more later. But moving on to the other guard, Spencer Dinwiddie. 27 points, 4 assists, 2 rebounds, 13 free throws, 15 attempts. My man got to the line, and he got the calls last night. About time we got the calls, Nick. About time we've been calling it. Yes, sir. I feel like the refs have finally listened to the, to the buzz. Our listenership is growing. 
We are getting to <laughs> we are getting to the officials. They're getting on us. Um, maybe it's the the one two combo of the Aussie and in the American. They, 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 might be, they might be feeling us a bit more. They can finally understand me. Maybe um, maybe it was last night because they had Ben Simmons yelling. They might have been like, "Oh, I hate that Aussie guy." Let's give the let's give the American the calls. No, but um, yeah, it was great to see Spencer get to the line because we know we saw that game winner against Detroit. How he got into the paint and made that incredibly difficult shot. There was some uh, real nice highlight plays where he got into the paint last night, drew the contact, finished. And we mentioned the fact before the pod that he he's slight of frame, but he does have an ability to sort of contort his body in ways that sort of Rondé does. He's sort of lanky a little bit. You know, he there's times we mentioned earlier in the season where he might settle for threes. Um, but right now, he's getting to the line and getting those easy buckets because that's where we look our best. We drive in and we draw the players. And then we kick it out to some of our good three-point shooters, whether it's Stauskas, Damari Carroll, um, whoever, or Joe Harris, my boy, whoever it might be. It draws the players, and it just opens up the floor so much more. Uh, the in-and-out game works so much better, especially when we've got a guy like Jalil Okafor as well now. So that if he can, if he can continue to do that alongside D'Angelo Russell, it opens up the space for him as well. So uh, nothing but good things from Spencer as usual. Yeah, and like you said, I think you hit it on the head. He was aggressive last night. He didn't take those threes, only four three-point attempts, and he did a great job being explosive and attacking the rim with aggressiveness. You know, sometimes in the past, he's looking for the call. If you just go hard to the rim a lot of the time, you're going to get the call. You know, if you go up soft and you look like you're trying to draw the contact, they might not give it to you. But the way he did it last night, he also had a blow-by on his former teammate, Trevor Booker, where he made him look bad. He just had a, He just was locked in last night, him and D'Lo. I'm really excited to see them play together. We saw them for a little bit last night. Moving forward, obviously, I think D'Lo will be in the starting lineup. Same with Dinwiddie. So we could see that combination really work well together. And they seem to start to get some chemistry together, too. Yeah, Dinwiddie mentioned after the game, uh, and, I, and I quote, I think our whole team feeds off the positive play and the momentum that he created, he being Russell. So I think the, there's a real energy and a spark between them. Uh, you look at guys like you know Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, uh, Bradley Beal and John Wall before he got injured. You know, those one-two punches in your in your backcourt are a real key to getting the whole team going. If they can start, obviously, you know, getting the offense going, start making plays for other for other players, you know, being engaged on the defensive end because, you know, Spencer's quite good. He's got that length. And D'Angelo, we know, uh, made that a focus of his coming into the second part of the year to be engaged on that end of the floor as well. So if we can start getting plays on both ends of the floor from those two guys, you know, protecting the perimeter it's going to be uh, all good things going forward and i think yeah you mentioned the energy keeping that energy keeping that positive momentum with both of those guys is going to be a real positive going forward yeah definitely really intrigued by that um before we talk about the bigs just we'll give a shout out to your boy joe harris he didn't have a great shooting night but he played some great defense on some of the bigs in philly he was on he got matched up with booker a couple plays you know this guy is just tough and he does the small things that every team needs and I think he doesn't get enough credit for those small things, Nick. And I think a lot of teams will be, uh, the trade deadline's just around the corner. And I'm sure plenty of guys are calling about Joe Harris, Damari Carroll, these guys. But I've heard on Nets Daily and other sources the fact that the Nets aren't the ones that are shopping, which shows a, a real loyalty that I know uh, comes from you know Coach Kenny and Sean Marks. Surely they might be making some calls behind the scenes, but we mentioned before the pod that those leaks aren't coming out. Um, there's a stability within the Brooklyn Nets right now that is showing not only on the floor, but off the floor. Joe Harris continues to do great things because he's got the confidence from the coach. He knows what his role is and he's doing the things above and beyond his actual role. You know, he could be a, a Kyle Korver light, but Kyle Korver don't play defense the way that Joe Harris has been. And to be yeah. able to do those extra things 
is just adding to not only his value as a player and a trade asset, but just as a player within this organization. And it's great to see. Yeah, and it just says a lot about, you know, Joe Harris as a player and the coaching staff and the develop development they have on these guys and the confidence they entrust in them. So I think it's big. Also, Stauskas had a pretty nice game. You know, he's picked up some more minutes with Lavert and Rondé being out. I felt like, you know, he wasn't lighting up on the scoreboard, but he made a couple really nice passes last night, and that's not necessarily something we've seen from Stauskas in the past. It's the hot sauce revenge game, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> hot sauce too. Um, but it was, no, it was really good. Um, Stauskas, you know, the, the highlight game was he's obviously his first game against the Raptors where he absolutely lit it up um, in, a, in that, you know, deplorable loss that we had. But since then, he's been uh, a little bit inconsistent. But obviously, his minutes have waned. Uh, he's had a couple of DMPs here and there. But when he's out there, it's good to see that, he, you know, he's still engaged. I think that's one thing that we always uh, harp on with our next guys. Whenever they're out, they're out there, we want to see the energy. We want to see the focus. We want to see the engagement, the grit, the grind. And that's one thing we did see from Stauskas. Um, I, I think he certainly wanted to have an impact going up against his old team. Um, and, and Jalil did as well. But, you know, I think the great thing from the Nets coaching staff is that they didn't divert um, from, their, from their regular game plan. You know, the fact that, you know, it's a revenge game of sorts, that didn't mean that Jalil Okafor got like extra minutes, so to speak, because, you know, we wanted to see him, the, uh, him get that sort of extra burst from him. And the same with Stauskas. You know, we kept to our guns. Uh, and in the end, it worked for us, despite the fact that, you know, it was certainly a hard-fought win, but it was a deserved win in the end. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, I think the engagement was a big difference from him yesterday. He just looked like a different guy on the court, focus level-wise. But let's talk about the bigs. Let's talk about Okafor, and then we'll talk about Allen. Like you said, I think you tweeted me a link from Basketball Reference. When uh, Okafor was on the floor, the Nets were plus 10. He had eight points last night in 14 minutes. He grabbed uh, three rebounds. He had a block and a steal, I think. And also, he played some solid defense on uh, Joel Embiid a few times, which was impressive. Yeah, Joel Embiid is an absolute bully. He's a monster inside. Um, he's got that Shaq Hakeem-like uh, post play. And the fact that Jaleel, it's almost, I think he might have that inside from him back in the day. You know, he probably, yep. he probably uh, busted down on him uh, in practice plenty of times. So he probably knows all his moves. So I think Jaleel... Uh, almost had somewhat of an advantage, some inside scouting, so to speak. Because we saw Jared Allen, you know, he gave it his all, but, you know, his slight frame against a guy like uh, Joel Embiid, he was always going to get bullied down low. So, yeah, shout out definitely to Jaleel Okafor. He's looked really good on the defensive end. Uh, that's something that's been really nice. And I like how the, the Nets are now sort of playing the minutes between Jared Allen and Jaleel Okafor now, and, and in comparison to Tyler Zeller. Um, you know, they're, they're giving them where it's needed. They're giving them where they're earned. And I think, you know, we're trying to see what we're getting out of these guys. Jalil is continuing to show signs on both ends of the floor. And if you continue to show those defensive signs, the offense is going to continue being there. We mentioned in the past in a, in a couple of losses, I think it was Minnesota where he had one of his best games offensively. For, for us, I don't think it's necessarily about seeing those 2010 nights. If he can get, you know, 10 and 5 in a solid amount of minutes and show some efficiency, look good in the pick and roll in both the offense and the defensive coverage, then that's going to be the main thing because, you know, we want to see something out of him for us to continue to him to be on this roster. And at this stage, he's proven um, that he's a worthwhile asset. Yeah, it's definitely going to be intriguing what happens the rest of the year and what the Nets decide to do with Okafor. Like you said, you can you can see the increased effort on the defensive end. Obviously, he still has a way to go. I think one thing that'll really help him when he starts to learn defensive angles because he's such a you know big dude. You know, if he starts to angle himself a little bit better, there's a few plays where he could have cut off the hoop, but the way he angled his body just kind of gave Ben Simmons an open lane. He'll learn that as he gets older. He's still a very young guy, like a lot of these Nets. So I was really excited, and then just. 
you know, the confidence in his post moves too offensively. I think lately he hasn't been trying to do too much. He's been getting good shots. So long as he keeps doing that, it'll be nice to see. And the fact that him and Allen now are getting the minutes, you know, Zeller was great for what he was asked to do, but it's nice to see the young guys get out there with the potential. We already know what Zeller is. We don't know what Jalil Okafor is yet. We don't. And I think that's the main thing. Jalil Okafor is, is an unknown commodity. Tyler Zeller, you know, he goes out there every night. We know what we're getting out of him in those 15 to 25 minutes. Um, he's going to give you some nice pick and roll. Uh, he's going to give you a couple of nice buckets around the rim. He might hit you hit a three or two. And he's going to defend the rim at a decent enough rate. But with Jalil Okafor, there's so much untapped potential that we need to see what's there. And that's the same with Jared Allen. These guys, I think it's almost the talent is outweighing uh, their play on the floor. And the glimpses that are being shown, you know, night and night, play and play play, it's, it's something that we're going to have to keep on harping on and keep giving those minutes because... We need to give them those opportunities to show their um, to show their offensive prowess, to show their defensive prowess, and I think there's a really good balance between these two right now. Uh, in terms of both of them, lack a little bit of size and maturity that a Tyler Zeller does. Um, so I think that's one thing he has over them. So in terms of if we're looking close and we really want to, you know, match up a, a little bit better, then I think Zeller's still a worthwhile commodity to have on the roster. But I think you know there might be teams calling around for him, and you know if we were to you know get some sort of asset for him. Maybe we get rid of him, but right now, I think he's almost even a nice little mentor for the two guys because they're both still very young. Zeller's had his time in the league. He knows he's been there. He's done that. And I think he can offer some good advice and good mentorship to Okafor and Allen. Yeah. I mean, I think um, if a team called and said, yo, we'll give you a second round pick for Tyler Zeller, then that's probably they'll take it just because, you know, I don't think he's in their long-term plans. He's yeah. he's a good vet to have around, though, like you said. He's Kenny said he was professional about being benched. I mean, the only reason he really played yesterday is because Okafor got in foul trouble, but nothing but respect for Tyler Zeller. But let's talk about the fro. Honestly, I thought last night be, might might have been his most intriguing game. Not necessarily maybe his best. He did have some nice numbers. You know, uh, let's take a look. Five of six from the field, six of six from the free throw line, 12 rebounds, three assists, two blocks, 16 points. So definitely some nice numbers as well. But I was impressed by some of the moves he showed us last night. He showed us a little teardrop. Oh, yeah. He showed us a little spin move. He did his regular dunking. Obviously, Embiid bodied him a few times, but there was a few defensive plays where he was just so quick where he was able to get in Embiid's way. Even though physically he didn't have the weight to stand to him, he was able to impact the shot. So Jared Allen was super impressive to me last night, and I'm just so excited for his future with the Nets. As the Migos say, Michael Jackson with the spin move. Uh, <laughs> it was absolutely wild. That was just something out of something out of a, a Hakeem playbook. I think the one thing that was really pretty about it is the fact that he knew that he couldn't bully Joel down low. He knew he knows that he's one of the best defensive big men and defensive you know uh, guys in the NBA today. So he had to sort of think on his feet, and for that ability to be mature enough to sort of uh, cater your game to to your opponent showed a real uh, maturity that you know out outlies his age. And I think uh, Kenny Atkinson had a really uh, enlightening quote after the game, just saying that. You know, you know the good guys when you got them. And I think we got one. And it's he, the guy is barely 20 years old. You know, D'Angelo Russell's 21 for a couple more days. Our core right now is showing so much. And, and I think it was Chris Mannix that, that tweeted out the fact that uh, Coach Kenny is, is such a great development coach. These Nets aren't getting enough credit right now. But in, four to, in three or four years' time, these guys are going to be reaping the rewards. And I think we're starting to see it already. Nets fans are starting to see it. You know, the, our buzz listeners are starting to see it. We're certainly starting to see it. And it's growing and growing and growing. The fro, once he puts on some muscle, man, he's going to be a boy to, boy to fear.
Yeah, and I believe Kenny didn't use the word good. He used the word great, which does mean a lot because Kenny doesn't necessarily seem like the type that just throws that around. And he said, you know, the Nets have a great one. And just by Allen, his demeanor, his work ethic, the way he responds to coaching tips, and he just has constantly gotten better every single game. You mentioned earlier in the pod, it seems like, you know, every every week we're talking about, oh, Jared Allen had another great game. Like, Jared Allen keeps getting better and improving. We saw, I think, a jump shot or two last night. His jump shot is something that really could change his game. Obviously, when he adds muscle, it's going to be a huge factor. But what he's already doing right now is something the Nets have needed for the last few seasons. And it's been pointed out on Twitter, you know, his rebounding has been huge. And I mentioned, I think, on a pot or two ago, similar to like a Tyson Chandler. He's so long and lanky. All he has to do is get his hand up there and tip the ball out to the three-point line and hook up one of his guys. He doesn't have to grab the board. He just got to get it back out to the top of the key. Yeah, that leads to really, you know, crucial extra possessions. You know, against a Joel Embiid, it's going to be tough to sort of box him out down low. Uh, to get those defensive rebounds. So he's got to use his athleticism in ways similar to what he was doing in that spin move and such. You know, use those long arms, like you mentioned, Nick, to sort of get those tap, those back taps out, those volleyball taps out. Another uh, a tweet I saw posted out was uh, the PER for rookies. I think he's top eight right now in the NBA wow. for rookies alongside the likes of, you know, John Collins, Donovan Mitchell, um, all, all these really great guys in the NBA today. I think because what he does on the floor is so... Uh, so valuable to what the Nets want. You know, he's, I think we mentioned when we were doing our grades pods that he has the highest, the best defensive rating for, for a net. That might have changed in the time since in, in the week. I don't think it season. has. I'm pretty sure. I checked it like before the Knicks game, just looking at the Nets stats. And last yeah. time I checked, he still had the highest, def- the best defensive rating on the net. And that's saying something because his minutes are continuing to grow. Early in the season, he was playing 12 to 18 minutes. Last time we saw 26 minutes. Yep. So I think there's a real plan going here for, and I think he's starting to be ready. And when was the last time we saw like a DNP for Jared Allen? It hasn't happened lately. It seems like he's taking his opportunity. He's really running with it. He's really relishing the opportunity to sort of play those extra minutes, play down the stretch. Um, there's highlights of plenty. And I think he's going to be a name that we continue to mention on the bus for, for years to come. Yeah, for sure. And like he, everything we've heard from Jared Allen about wanting to get better just makes you like him even more. So it's like the Nets went from having no young assets to adding another one this year in the draft with a late pick, you know, getting a guy like Jared Allen. Like the Nets said, this was the guy they always wanted in the draft. People kind of looked at it, you know, like, oh, every team says that. But I really believe, especially with the way Kenny talks about Jared, that he really does love him and everything he can bring to this team. I mean, let's kind of stick on the Jared Allen topic. What do you see as his like ceiling, his potential? Like where, what is Jared Allen in five years? Look, you can you look at the best bigs in today's NBA, Nick. You look at a Joel Embiid, you look at Anthony Davis, you look at Rudy Gobert, you look at DeAndre Jordan. Um, I think his his ceiling is probably uh, DeAndre Jordan light, like not light, because I think he can be as good defensively around the rim because he has those physical tools and capabilities like a Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert has absolutely tremendously changed the Jazz when he's out there. They're the best defensive team in the league when he's there. Jared Allen makes us. The, our best defensive team. So I certainly think he has the defensive capabilities to be a top three big. Offensively, if that three shot you've mentioned so many times can be some sort of a weapon. Look at DeAndre Jordan. The guy can barely shoot outside of five feet. <laughs> if he can have a shot of some sort, you know, a la, let's say, maybe even Hassan Whiteside. Hassan Whiteside has somewhat more of a offensive capabilities than DeAndre Jordan. But he just doesn't fit in the modern NBA because he's just not doing enough on both ends of the floor. So I think he has the the potential to be a top five center in today's NBA. We look back and you know at the end of this rookie contract, we may have to pay him, and I and I hope we do because if it if that 
if that is the case, it shows that he's grown and grown in in his time in the, in the league and with the Nets. And I think uh, with what he's showing at 19, at 23, the sky's the limit. Yeah, I think um, um, this is going to be kind of a hot take, but I think he's a lifetime net. I think the Nets, yeah. he's a guy that Sean Marks loves, a guy that Kenny loves. He just embraces the whole Brooklyn culture and, you know, the Nets organization. I think he's an all-star type player in the future. I really believe that. Like you said, defensively, I think he provides a unique ability. A lot's going to be determined by his size, but I don't think he necessarily has to get huge because I like the quickness and speed he brings to the offense and the defense and his versatility to switch. And like you said, offensively, We've seen solid passing from him, which is something amazing from bigs. You see a lot of bigs where they get the ball, they get so nervous, they don't know what to do. They dribble, turn it over, Quincy Acey, for example. you know. But Jared Allen, he makes a smart pass, and then he's already shown a nice feathery touch to his jumper. He's hit a few threes, but I'm even intrigued by that mid-range shot, You know, that elbow yeah. jumper, that free throw jumper. That can still be enough to really have an impact on the team. Obviously, in the future, a big factor for him will be his ball handling. If he's ever able to add ball handling and, you know, be comfortable controlling the ball, I think that could be a real game changer. For me right now, All-Star, I think, is the level he'll be at. But I don't even want to put a top on it because he just looks like a kid that's going to keep getting better. Somebody who, you know, has been somewhat slept on and he's just going to keep adding skills to his game. Because going to the season, this wasn't expected. Jared Allen says he heard the people talking. He was going to be a G League. He was more of a project-type player, but he's already contributing. And if the Nets were a playoff team, he would still be contributing just because he's been playing that solid yeah he's exceeded my expectations wildly nick and you mentioned so many things there that there's so many you know opportunities for growth and in today's nba the big man is only limited by his imagination the, yeah. the whole unicorn phase what's what's happening with guys like chris Porzingis and such you know jared allen has a, a unique skill set and a unique frame you know he's not hulky and bulky like a deandre jordan He's not, uh, you know, laterally uh, decrepit by the fact that, you know, he's got quick feet as well. You know, we've seen him guard on the perimeter somewhat. So if he can be, the, have the ability to, you know, switch onto guards as well, you know, that just increases his defensive capabilities. You know, the best defender in today's NBA right now is Raymond Green. The guy can guard one through five. Um, he's not seven foot, six foot 11, seven foot like Jared Allen is, uh, but he's got the... You know, the, the IQ as well. And I think that's one thing that Jarrett has as well. He's got a real basketball nous and IQ about him that's beyond his years. Um, this entire rookie class has been so high that, yeah, he's sort of been swept under the rug a little bit. But Jarrett Allen certainly has uh, plenty, plenty of room for growth. And the fact that he's showing so much already uh, is huge signs. Exactly. I mean, I definitely think I might go get myself a Jared Allen autograph rookie card or something because that thing will have some value. And like you said, with all the rookies doing so well, people aren't talking about it as much. But if he keeps putting up games like last night against good competition, they're going to start talking about him. I'd be happy with a second team all rookie, but we'll see what happens. Like you said, so many great guys in this draft. But I got a couple questions for you, Jack, before we get out of here about the you know remaining part of the season, what to expect. Do you see the team going more into a developmental stage where, you know, they care less about the wins and now it's more about playing some of the young guys like a James Webb or playing Okafor big minutes or letting D'Angelo just play a ton of minutes and kind of just get better? I certainly see that uh, as a product, depending on the type of game. Nick, if we're certainly in, if we're in games and they are, you know, they're within striking distance and we can get the W, Coach Kenny Atkinson doesn't want to just go out there and, you know, develop for the sake of developing. You know, if, if we are in a game, then we are going to go out there and do all our best to, to get the win. But at the same time, you know, this year has been all about development. We haven't put a sort of win mark. We said before the season, you know, 35 would be amazing. 
you know, we're sort of on that range for 30 to 34. Um, and for me, the wins isn't what matters. It's what you mentioned, the development. We've sort of started to see it already with the bigs rotation. You know, you see Jared Allen getting increased minutes. Tyler Zell sort of, you know, being pushed to the bench at times. Jalil Okafor showing extra minutes. Um, and, and that's what we sort of want to see. D'Angelo Russell's coming back. You know, we haven't mentioned Karis Levert and Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, two of our most consistent performers this year. And they've been, you know, they've been injured. Those guys are going to continue to get minutes as well because they're absolute babies in terms of, you know, NBA age. So I think the development is going to continue to come, but it helps having those vets on the roster because Damari Carroll has been, the fact that we've turned a guy who's a salary dump into an asset the teams want is absolutely outstanding. And it's a credit to not only the Nets organization as a whole, but him. It just shows that yeah. player development isn't only happening for the guys that are 18, 19, 20, 21, but it continues to happen for guys into their late 20s and 30s. Yeah, some people might say this is Damari Carroll's best season. So oh, obviously that's been huge. Yeah, and he's played 36 minutes last night, so he's still getting up some minutes, and I think that was the most on the team. He's been impressive. He's a guy that I can't complain about. Going to the season, I think I had pretty high expectations for him. He surpassed those. So shout-out to Damari Carroll for definitely impressing us and possibly grabbing us another first-round pick. We'll see what happens. We're going to talk trade deadline more so in our next episode. But before we get out of here, when do you think D'Angelo is going to start again? Uh, I think it could happen as soon as the next game, Nick. Um, we only saw a, a small amount of minutes from him, but we can see the enthusiasm coming from him, not only in how he's you know communicating with the coach, but on court. That energy is almost infectious. It helps his team, the, our team as a whole. Um, so I think it's going to be very, very soon. And I think when Karras starts to come back as well, that sort of, it allows us to stagger the minutes even more so with our three-guard combination. You know, we can see minutes between D'Angelo, Russell, and Dinwiddie. We can see minutes where Dinwiddie's out there controlling things. I think D'Angelo is going to get some time where he's controlling the court a little bit by himself. Uh, there are all positive signs coming ahead. But I think D'Angelo, within the first one to three games, I would be very surprised if he's not starting. It'd be nice if the Nets gave him the start against the Lakers just for him to get some revenge. And he's still cooking probably from the last game. The Lakers are coming off a rough one. I mean, that would be nice. Honestly, I cannot wait to see a lineup of uh, D'Angelo Russell, Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, and Jared Allen. That's just like the Nets youth lineup, and it's just so much fun, and there's so much excitement with that lineup. The oldest guy out there is 24, Nick. How (laughs) wild is that? And the fact that that entire lineup is incredibly switchable. And it's... You know, it has elements of of spacing as well because, you know, RHJ has been known to hit a couple. Jared Allen can hit a couple, but he's, you know, our rim protector, our guy who is, you know, the defensive anchor, so to speak. RHJ is a really switchable defender as well, one through five, maybe two through five. Um, But it's such a really positive sign for the future that we have such really young core pieces. Um, I'm really excited the fact, I hope, you know, we don't see the D'Angelo that we saw in the first Lakers game where he was almost pushing things a little too much, the, where the energy sort of, the, the moment got to him a little bit. But I think he, he hopefully he's going to learn from that. I'm sure that Coach Kenny and, and plenty of the assistant coaches will be showing him tape of what he did wrong against his former team and what he did right. And I think we're going to see, hopefully, a more balanced performance from D'Angelo this game. And if anything from the last game is anything to go by, there's going to be a, a big performance ahead, hopefully. Yeah, and we know, um, obviously, Brook Lopez, we've seen him play a lot. One area D'Angelo should be able to attack is that mid-range, those teardrops. Brook isn't necessarily great in the pick and roll. He hasn't played a ton for the Lakers, so but shout-out to him because he'll be returning to Brooklyn for the first time. 
Super pumped to see D'Angelo. Hopefully, hopefully he gets some revenge on his former team like Jalil and uh, Nick Staskis. But Jack, as always, excellent episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And you catch the Brooklyn Buzz on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, and otgbasketball.com. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough and the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you. So you can always depend on us. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.